extend a hearty welcome to one and all this evening as we gather to worship the Lord our God. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 65, the first four verses. Praise waits for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me, and as for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest, and causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even thy holy temple. Please turn with me in the scriptures to Matthew chapter 5, to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, and we will read first the, the first 12 verses, and then after that we will turn to Psalm 1. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he, that's Jesus, went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And then turning to Psalm 1, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous." But the way of the ungodly shall perish. So far the reading of God's holy and beautiful word. 
Dear church family, I want to begin with a question this evening. Are you happy? Are you happy? We live in a world that strives after happiness, that is searching, longing, seeking for something to make them happy. We look around us, we see people pursuing it in all sorts of areas of life. Maybe a related question is, what makes you happy? Or what do you think makes you happy? Is it the size of your bank account? Is it the the quality of your friendships, your relationships here on earth? Is it... Is it the significance of your, of your calling, your job, your career? Is it the quality of your, of your health? Is it even found in some of the trivial things of life in terms of how well your favorite sports team is doing? What makes you happy? Or maybe we need to dig a little deeper. What, what do we mean by happiness? What, what do you mean by happy? How do we measure it? The Webster's Dictionary defines happiness as a state of well-being and contentment or a pleasurable experience or a satisfying experience we live in a world when, so, when we speak of happiness, they're right away going to the feelings that one experiences, feelings that come and go, rather than a state of being. You're happy after a moment of pleasurable, instant gratification in some way or another. Maybe, maybe young people in, in school, you, you get your paper back or a major test and you've received a good grade and you're happy. But then the next test comes and the next paper, the next assignment. Or maybe you're, maybe children, you, you say, I'm going to be happy when this school year is over and I get a, a break. But then the next school year comes momentary at best. Or maybe you're, maybe you're happy summer vacation is here. You get to go with your family on vacation. Happiness. Is it being sought in the things that are really just here today, gone tomorrow? In the things that ultimately, yes, they have value, but they're empty. Soon looking for the next thing to make us happy. So what is happiness all about? Well, I think deep down we know that the answer is rooted, we're looking for something that's more permanent, something that's lasting, something that's not just rooted in our our feelings or in our emotions. So what does it mean to be happy? Or maybe a better question is, 
What do the scriptures tell us about what it means to be happy? The word happy occurs 26 times in the, in the Bible, in both the Old and the New Testament. And the, the predominant word used in the Old Testament is the Hebrew adjective asrei. And its equivalent in the New Testament is the, the Greek adjective makarios. Both of these words are commonly, more commonly translated as blessed than happy. It is, it is this word in, that we find in Matthew 5 that Jesus uses nine times in his introduction to the, to the Sermon on the Mount. As he begins to describe both the inward and outward characteristics of those who are in the kingdom. Blessed are, or we could translate it as happy are those. So what does this word mean? In order for us to understand and get the depth and the significance of the Beatitudes, we need to know what does Jesus mean by this word blessed? And so before we start delving into each of the Beatitudes, I want to spend a a sermon looking at this one word, blessed. To do this, we're going to draw on the Old Testaments, and particularly from the Psalms. For Jesus is speaking to a predominantly Jewish crowd, and the, the group of people that he was speaking to would have been familiar with the Old Testament, and those who under who would have understood or at least been able to recall different Old Testament passages. And I'm sure you are able as well, for some of you, to recall those Old Testament passages that refer to and speak of this word blessed. We sang from it from two different psalms already this, this evening. And the reason I'm particularly drawing on the psalms for this evening is this Hebrew word that's translated as happy or blessed Asrei occurs 45 times in the Old Testament. And over half of those occur in the Psalms themselves. So our hope this evening is to, to get a picture of the happy or blessed man or woman from the Psalms. And it's our prayer that it will help us understand with greater clarity the significance of each of the Beatitudes as we then proceed through them in the weeks to come. So who is this blessed man, this happy woman, child, boy or girl? Well, they are, they are a person, they are one who is to be envied, for they are in a steadfast position that comes with incredible benefits and privileges. Our theme this evening is the characteristics of the happy or blessed man, woman, boy, girl. And we're going to be looking at ten of these characteristics as we, as we go through the message. But we've, before we do that, we want to, we want to just stop and ask, well, what, what is this word blessed? Let's look at a little bit closer. The book of Psalms opens with this phrase, blessed is the man. Could be translated, oh, the benefits of the man, or oh, the desired position of the man. 
Such people are loaded with benefits that come from the Lord their God. Children, we saw the snow fall, and it came down wet and heavy, and it clung to the trees, and it froze on those trees. And we, we see many trees just bowing under the weight of this, the snow. And in some sense, the blessed man is like, like those trees that are, are loaded with benefits from the Lord, bowed under them, visible for the eye to see. The blessed man will be known as blessed. It cannot but help but be noticed. Not only noticed, but their life, they, they live a life where these blessings are demonstrated and lived out and they're attractive. Oh, the benefits of the man. Oh, the desired position of such a child, boy or girl. Now, it may not be outward blessings. May, there may be actually times where the blessed man lives a pretty hard, challenging, difficult life. But for one who is not blessed, as they consider the blessed man, there's something about this person. They have something that the other, another doesn't. Hugh Martin says, people who are blessed may outwardly have much to be pitied, but from the higher and truer standpoint, they are to be admired, envied, congratulated, imitated. So the question that I want you to be asking yourself tonight as we walk through these characteristics Are you a blessed person? A blessed boy or girl? Mom or dad? Man or woman? Do others look at you and long for what you have? Do they see in you something that they're missing? So what are these characteristics? Well, in the first place, the blessed man is one who is chosen. The blessed man is one who is chosen. In Psalm 65, verse 4, which we read for our call to worship, the psalmist says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. The blessed person is one whom the Lord has chosen. And cause to approach unto him. The wonder of this is the blessed one does not do anything for this choice. They didn't merit any, any recognition with the Lord. This choice is out of mere sovereign grace and mercy. For there is nothing worthy in the one whom the, the one whom the Lord has chosen. We see him choosing a Jacob over an Esau. We see him choosing an Isaac over an Ishmael. And the list could go on. The Lord in mercy chooses to bless and to place them in this desired position. But not only chosen by the Lord, but but caused to approach unto the Lord. 
He brings them into a relationship with Him. There's nothing that you or I can do to be accepted, to be chosen, nor to come into a relationship. The Lord causes His people, the blessed person, to approach unto Him. Not to condemn them, but to bring them into a relationship, to cause them to flourish as they approach Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's an approaching that He satisfies them in every way. That empty hole that once filled their heart, that they were trying to fill in to, to satisfy themselves, is now, is now filled by Christ Himself, by God. What once used to be this endless pursuit to find meaning and purpose in life is now satisfied, comes to fruition in the Lord Jesus Christ, in His finished work. Where a tired, dead, hopeless soul finds life and purpose. So in the first place, the blessed man is a chosen, a chosen person. In the second place, the blessed man is one who is planted. And Psalm 1 verse 3 describes this for us. The psalm begins with, blessed is the man, and gives this contrasting of the, the uh, one who doesn't walk in the ways of wickedness, but one who delights in the, in the, in the word of God. This man, the psalmist says, is planted. Shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. This word could actually be translated as transplanted. The blessed man is one who is not only chosen and caused to approach, but he's given life. He's taken from a sphere of death and placed in, in a sphere of life where he can grow and prosper and live can be placed in a, a, a place where life will abound. Because he's placed by rivers of water. Or uh, could be translated by canals or irrigation channels. Places that are intentionally dug for the welfare of the plant. So when the Lord, when the Lord begins, when he plants that seed of regeneration in the heart... He causes life to begin, and it abounds, it grows, it will flourish, it will come to fruition, because Jesus is the author and finisher or perfecter of faith. In the third place, the blessed man is a man who is forgiven. When the Lord begins his work in the life of a sinner, as he plants that seed of regeneration, he is forgiven, and that forgiveness is experienced. Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, we read, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity in whose spirit there is no guile. The blessed man 
is justified in the sight of God, declared righteous before God, forgiven, forgiven of all transgressions. Sins are covered and addressed and dealt with. And there is nothing that this blessed one has or can do or will do to earn this forgiveness. But it comes in and through the finished work of Jesus Christ. David experienced this as he wrote this psalm. When he attempted to hide it, his sins, he experienced the the brokenness of that comes with sin. His bones waxed old. He was roaring all the day. The Lord's hand was heavy upon him, and his mouth was dry like summer. But in coming and acknowledging and confessing his sins, he, he experienced this forgiveness, the washing and cleansing of the blood of Christ. And so we come again and again to not only justified once at regeneration, but we come again and again, dear children of God, for the forgiveness, the knowledge of it, of our sins, so that we too do not have iniquity imputed to us. Guilt is removed. And intimately connected with being forgiven is, the, is that the blessed man is a man who trusts. He is a man who is filled with faith. Psalm 34, verse 8. Dr. Beeky quoted this at the end of the service this morning. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. The man of God, the woman of God, the child of God is a blessed and happy person as he takes refuge in the Lord his God. Children, the idea behind this word trust is like maybe you've been caught, you've been outside in a, a severe thunderstorm before. Lightning, thunder all around. It's dark, maybe. It's windy. It's, it's pouring rain. And you desire, you seek shelter. You, you look for a safe place from the storm. The blessed man is one who in the midst of the storms of life, in the midst of the spiritual darkness, finds a shelter in the Lord himself and trusts in him to keep him in that storm. David uses the same word in Psalm 40, or another word in Psalm 40, verse 4, translated as trust as well. Blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust. Here's the idea of confidence. The Lord is his confidence and his boast. It's related to the verb that we find in Psalm 84, again connected with the blessed man. Blessed is the man that trusts in thee, who relies on the Lord, who takes God at his word. Are we taking God at his word? Are we finding a refuge in him? You know, we take, we take people at their word quite a bit. We trust them that what they say is true. Just, just children, think of a time 
Recently, there was a, the, a bridge was under construction on, on Burton Street um, near, our, near our home. For six or seven months, it was out of commission. We couldn't cross it. Had to take detours around to get from place to place. And it was opened up several months ago. And I didn't read of anyone questioning, was the bridge safe? People just started driving across. They, they trusted. They, they, they relied that it was safe to drive on. And the blessed man is one who takes God at his word, who, who, who relies on the Lord as trustworthy, one we can find hope in, we can ref, take refuge in to shelter us from the storms of life. So in the midst of uncertainties in life, and don't we have them in our lives? Some known, visible, others, we know them. We can have a calm, we can remain calm, we can remain confident because of who the Lord is. Because he is good. And he does all things well. And maybe we can't see the end from the beginning. Maybe the road is incredibly dark right now in, in whatever you're going through. Maybe it's like a dark tunnel and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But yet when you have the Lord, when he is your shelter, when he is the cleft that you are in, you can go forward with confidence. You say, why? Why can we? Well, it's because of who the Son is, the Son of God. And in Psalm 2, the psalmist calls us to kiss the Son, to bow down, to show reverence to him, lest he be angry. And he ends that verse in verse 12. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Are you putting your confidence and your hope in the Son? The King of kings? The one who came and gave his life so that sinners like us can find refuge in him? Apart from knowing the Son, apart from trusting Him and taking Him at His word, apart from worshiping Him, we are not blessed. Instead, we have His wrath abiding on us, and we will, as the psalmist says, will perish in the way. So to have, to have your trust in the Lord places you in a most desirable, enviable position. For you are a chosen one, a regenerated one, justified, forgiven by faith in the Son. And such a person is absolutely blessed. Happy is the man who fears the Lord. Now, this will be lived out, this confidence, this hope. There will be desire in the blessed man to to live out this life. And so we see in our fifth place that the blessed man is a man who delights in holiness. Verse 13. 
It's his desire to live in a manner that pleases the Lord. We could read this in a number of different psalms, but Psalm 1, the opening verse, speaks to this clearly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. To walk, stand, sit are actions that are found throughout the regular events of daily life. And so the psalmist describes there's, there's a whole way of living here by, by this blessed man. Through the whole course of daily life, he desires, he's determined to separate himself from, from even the slightest appearance of sin. There, there's a purpose and a determination in this man to, to set apart, to be apart from sin or sinful practices whether it's by direct involvement or even by association. And this is going to be an all-encompassing desire. There is no place to be found among those who... For the blessed man, there's no place to be found among those who refuse to acknowledge God, to, to knowingly... There's no room to knowingly associate oneself with those who miss the marks of God's righteous standards, no, there, there, there's, there should be no willingness to publicly align with those who publicly scorn the Lord and His ways. Children, a, a beautiful example from the Scriptures of such a man is Joseph. Potiphar trusted him on account of his godly conduct. In Genesis 39, verses 3 and 4, we read, And his master, Potiphar, saw Joseph, that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all, all that he did to prosper. And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him, and made him overseer in his house, and all that he had into his, he put into his hand. Now, Joseph wasn't just faithful, a faithful servant in the, in the household of Potiphar, but he, but he remained faithful to the Lord as well. He would not compromise and he would not walk, stand, sit in the way of sinners. He would not bow under the pressure, the temptation of Potiphar's wife. And so he ran out from her, crying out, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? The blessed man is one who who will not, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Psalm 19 echoes this when it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. They don't walk in the ways of sin, but they delight and desire to walk in the law of the Lord. They seek to do justice and to live righteously. Which leads us to our, our next, our sixth characteristic of the blessed man. The blessed man is one who loves the word, who's word-centered. And Psalm 1 picks up this in the next verse when it says, Blessed is the man 
whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The blessed man, the one who, who's, who possesses incredible benefits and privileges, is a man who loves the word of God. This word is his delight. He delights to open it, to study it, to read it, to learn from it. In Psalm 112, verse 1, the psalmist says that the blessed, blessed is the man that fears the Lord and just doesn't delight in it, but delights greatly in his commandments. There's a great delight in the word of God. For it is in this word that we, we can know God. We can know him. And, and to know him is life everlasting. To know him is to give purpose and meaning to life. To know him is to, to hear his voice. To hear the voice of our Heavenly Father. To, to hear the voice of our Redeemer. To hear the voice of the Comforter who testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. It is in the Word that we see His mercy and His love for sinners, especially as we read of the Word. The one who came in flesh, who took upon Himself human flesh, who lived here for 33 years, who suffered and died, who took the place of His people on the cross as He bore the wrath of Almighty God against the sins of His own The Word of God is their delight because there they see Christ, they know Him, and they love Him. They love to know more about Him. And so they not only delight in the Word, but they meditate on the Word, the psalmist says. They mull it over, they chew it, they think about it. It's part of their, almost part of their very being. It's their constant companion through the day. And then they desire to live it out. They desire to live this word out, to keep his testimonies. Well, how do they live it out? Well, primarily, and one of the ways is to worship. And that's the seventh place. The blessed man is one who worships the Lord. He's a worshiper. Psalm 84, verse 4 says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. This whole psalm revolves around the, the delight of the psalmist to enter into the house of the Lord, to worship with him. It begins with how amiable, how lovely are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yea, even faints for the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. It's here that the people of God, that the Lord meets with his people. He revives them, encourages them, feeds them, builds them up, and equips them for service. It is here, it is in the worship that we as the people of God, we call upon his glorious name. 
We exalt His name as we sing His praises. We serve Him among His people. We worship the King of Kings. It's here that the people of God, Psalm 65, verse 4 says, will be satisfied with the goodness of the Lord's house. Satisfied with the Lord himself. Satisfied with his presence. That they might know him more and more. The one who loves worship. The one who loves to to gather and meet with the one who has chosen them, regenerated them, justified them through faith. This person is truly blessed, is satisfied, is content, is in a, in a most desirable position. The next characteristic given that we live in a world that is so opposed to God, so anti-God. Maybe there's times where you wonder, how am I going to persevere? How am I going to make it through another week? How am I going to remain faithful? It's because, and you can, because the Lord promises that the blessed man is a man who is kept, who is preserved. Psalm 41, verses 1 through 3, we read, Blessed is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou will not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. And thou wilt make, or make all, or overturn his bed in his sickness. To bless man is one who is delivered, who is kept, who is preserved, strengthened, sustained, in the midst of a world where there is opposition against the people of God. Hold the benefits of the blessed man. Delivered in times of trouble from the evil desires of the wicked. Preserved and kept alive as the Lord watches over his own and acts on their behalf to preserve life. Nothing, nothing will rob the child of God, the blessed one of the inheritance that is to be his. He will be strengthened and sustained in times of weakness and frailty. Even beds of sickness will be overturned for their good. And he says, and as David says in Psalm 34, verse 8, the blessed man will lack no good thing, for the Lord does all things well. And this is what Joseph testified to his brothers as they came to him. And as he revealed himself to them in Egypt, he said, God sent me. 
God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, to save your lives by a great deliverance. And dear believer, dear child of God, knowing this, know that the Lord will deliver, will preserve, will strengthen his people. He will encourage this should encourage you to come to him, to take him at his word, to take his promises back to him and say, Lord, hast thou not said to turn to him, the God of Jacob, who is our help? As Jacob wrestled with the Lord at Peniel, Seeking the Lord to bless him, so we too can come to him seeking the Lord to bless us. In the night, in, but we recognize in, in our ninth place that as, as the people of God, we still have the old man is still active, still present. We know that Satan still is tempting. And there can be times where the blessed man falls into sin. Sins. Backslides. Like a pig returning to the mire. The Lord promises. Tells us that the blessed man will be a man, a woman who will be chastened, disciplined, discipled. Psalm 94, verse 12, we read, Blessed is the man whom the Lord, whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teaches out of thy law. The Lord will not let one whom he has redeemed, who he has bought, who he has chosen, to pursue and to persist in sin. He will, with his fatherly love, graciously chasten or discipline his child. The the book of Hebrews tells us that no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. And it isn't. No No one appreciates or enjoys being disciplined. But friend, it's a it's a it's a demonstration. When one, when, when you are disciplined, it's a demonstration that the Lord loves you. Hebrews 12, 7 says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And he does it to yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them who are exercised thereby. The blessed man, the blessed woman is one who who recognizes that the Lord is discipling, disciplining his own through his word that we're called to be in, studying, reading, looking at. Through the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Through the people of God that come in our lives, speak into our lives, challenge us, exhort us, rebuke us, reprove us through the preaching of the word, 
through, through brothers and sisters who care, who are part of the body. The Lord, the blessed man, is one who is disciplined and chastened because it is through this that the Lord conforms his own, the, the blessed person, more and more into the image of Jesus Christ so that we become more like him. And becoming more like him, we become more and more conformed into his image. And so when we have challenging, difficult situations in our lives, are we learning? Are we growing? Are we becoming more Christ-like? Are we asking the Lord to show us where we need to be cutting off sin in our lives and putting on Christ more and more. The blessed man is one whom the Lord loves and will not allow to persist and to pursue, to backslide into sin. And as such a one grows in conformity to Christ. As we become more Christ-like, we find in the tenth place that the blessed man is one who will be fruitful and useful in the kingdom of God. We read this in numerous places, and I want to highlight two in particular. In Psalm 1, verse 3, We've already read that passage where the blessed man will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. But then we have this, and he that brings forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Not might be fruitful, but will bring forth fruit in his season. The blessed man will be one who bears fruit to the glory of God. There will be fruit evident. Maybe, maybe you don't see it. And often it's, we see it more quickly in others than in, in ourselves because we, we see our own hearts by, and the, the sin, the, but we recognize often in others. And Jesus tells us that by, your, by their fruit you shall know them. Jesus has told us that he's poured out his spirit, he's given us his spirit, and Paul tells us in Galatians that the fruits of the spirit will be evident in the people of God that are manifested in the blessed man's life. And they're going to be manifested in, in various ways. Through, the, through a change, our characters, our very characters being changed, as the Lord chips and chisels away all that is not pleasing in our, in our very characters, conforming our, our, our characters into his image. We're going to see the fruits of the Spirit manifested in our putting off of the old man and sin, killing it, putting it to death, and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to see it evidenced through our, the desire to serve the Lord. 
out of thankfulness for what he has done for, for us. It's going to be evidenced through a life of service, which is, as Paul says, our reasonable service. The psalmist in Psalm 128 then goes on to give us a beautiful picture of the fruitfulness of the blessed or happy man. Psalm 128 we, it gives us this picture of the one whose way has been prospered. Psalmist begins with, Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord, that walks in his ways. And he goes on to describe various areas of life that the blessed man is prospered. The labors of his hands are made to prosper. Psalmist says, For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy, or we could translate it as blessed. Blessed shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. We see a family that's thriving. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, and thy children like olive plants round about thy table. The blessed man is a man who receives the blessing of the Lord. It's a different word here, this blessing of the Lord. It's the Lord blessing the man. Behold, the psalmist says, Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. He will be influential. He he delights to see Zion, the church, prosper and grow. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem. All the days of thy life. The blessed man will be one who will be remembered for generations, who will see the impact and the fruit of his labors. He will be fruitful, not just for this life, but for generations to come. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. The blessed man will be a fruitful man in this life to the glory of God. Friend, are you blessed? Are you happy? If you are, you will be one who is chosen, who we planted. Who be forgiven, who is forgiven, who is trusting, who is holy, delights in living a holy life, who delights in the word, who delights in worship, who, who is kept, who's discipled and disciplined, who's fruitful. I pray that as we've gone through this list, that you can take it. And go home, examine it to your life. Are you blessed?
psalmist says that the blessed people of God are those who know the joyful sound, who shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Such a, such a, a life is, is a desired position. You have the favor of God resting on you as the blessed man or woman. Oh yes, at times in this life, there may be times where the cloud seems to hide your favor from seeing the Lord, from beholding his face. And the friend, there will be a day for the blessed man. There will be a day for the blessed man when he will, he will see God unhindered, without interruption, without, without any sin barrier whatsoever. For there will be a day where the people of God will see him face to face. And done with sin. Done with all that hinders them in serving the Lord and walking in his ways. Done with doubt. Done with the questions. Done with what has hindered them. To forever enjoy the Lord their God in his presence. Friend, do you look forward to that day where you will see him face to face and be truly blessed and to know it with certainty? Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. And as we begin walking through the Beatitudes, as Jesus continues to further instruct us on what it is to be blessed, we pray that we would take what, what we've heard tonight in terms of the picture of the blessed man, the characters of the blessed man, and direct our attention to the, the various marks that Jesus gives and also to help us evaluate, are we blessed? Are we meek in spirit? Are we poor in spirit? Do we hunger and thirst after God's righteousness, etc.? Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Amen. Faithful God and Father, we thank, we're thankful for this beautiful picture from the Psalms of the blessed man. May we rest in him, in the Lord Jesus Christ. May we, the one who makes one blessed indeed. Oh Lord, for that it is only, it is only then that we will be happy, satisfied, content. Oh, may we find our hope in Christ alone, who is the truly blessed one of the Father, the Son, whom we are to bow down and kiss and worship. Oh, may we put our trust in Thee. Lord, do bless us in this week as we take up our callings, as we go out into our uh, to the to the workplace, to the in our homes and our families. We we pray that the people of God would live out the privileges that are theirs. 
for all to see. That we would be like those loaded trees of snow that are bent over, that are visible for one and all to see. And yet upheld and preserved by the King of Kings. Lord, for thou hast preserved and will preserve thy people. So help us to live godly lives in a world that is at enmity with, with thee. Lord, we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.